This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's it going? Hit me, baby, one more time. I have listened to Britney Spears on loop for the past three days, and I'm not ashamed of it. Listen, I just went down a rabbit hole because this movie is so bad. I had to watch her actual performances from the the VMAs to make sure that I wasn't remembering them incorrectly. <laughs> and it turns out I wasn't. They were all bomb as fuck. So <laughs> yeah, no, she phenomenal. I am just at the top. I don't know anyone else's personal feelings about Britney Spears, but I am the biggest Britney Spears apologist. I think she can do no wrong. She is a queen in my eyes. And even her Instagram post this week about her burning down her gym was precious. I didn't, I kind of saw parts, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh yeah. Well, she just talked about, she was like, Hey, so I'm back in my gym for the first time in three months. I kind of accidentally burned it down. I had two candles going and then she goes, and one thing led to another. And yeah, so this is where I work out now. And I was like, wait, no, I want to know what that one thing that led to another was, Brittany. Listen, here's the thing. I'm also, well, I'm not even a Britney Spears apologist. I'm just like. She is who she is. Is she a little crazy? Yeah. Do I care? Nope. Do your thing, girl. I love you. I'm glad you mentioned crazy. I'll talk about that in my notes. And I just need to make Go a note to off, myself. Go off, sis. Do your thing. Like, I don't care if you're... If, like, of course she's a little bit out there. She was like a kid star who then was a, a teenage star who's now like an adult star. Right. Give her a break. She, she hasn't not known the spotlight since she was like 13. Exactly. So suck on that. We love Britney Spears. Deal um, with it. Now, before we get to talking about clearly my hero, who is Britney, mm. um, can we talk about another hero real fast? Yes, please. Yes, tell me about it. This week, we got an email from a phenomenal human being. Her name is Brianna or Brianna. I don't know because I never think to ask how do you phonetically say your name. Um, Girl. And Brianna emailed us to thank us for this podcast. And then she mentioned that she cleans hospitals. Sorry, my voice just cut out. She cleans the hospital where she works. And no, no, ma'am. We need to thank you. Yeah. For existing, for doing your job. You are the true hero in all of this. And um, it definitely brought tears to my eyes. The It did me too. Because I was like, all I do is make stupid jokes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we watch movies. She's not cleaning hospitals and saying thanks to me? Come on now. Right. So we are absolutely not worthy. And, yes, we're not. Um so, but you're amazing. Thank you so much for what you're doing during this time. Um, we appreciate you and all of our um, essential workers. Absolutely. Keep on keeping on. I am very fortunate. Something crazy here in the, whole, the old Tejas. So. Yeah. Well, and you and I are both very fortunate that we are able to work like distance work. We're doing our jobs from home. Um it does not feel the same as the people who are having to go out on the front lines. And 
as much as you and I have complained the last three weeks about everything that's going on because we're Texans, so we can't directly address it as coronavirus. Right. <laughs> so what's coronavirus? Right. Exactly. It's everything that's going on. So, right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, as much as we've complained about it, we're not the people who are truly being affected. And so those of you who are listening, oh. who are on the front lines, you are the reason our society is going and we cannot thank you enough. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh goodness. So we have a fun one this week. We do, but we can't start y- yet. Why not? Because this is lifetime sentence. And I'm the world's biggest Britney Spears apologist. And my loneliness is killing me. (laughs) I was not prepared. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You can, you can continue. gosh maybe i should get drunk every sunday afternoon before we do this (laughs) i'm so sad that i missed share drag show but i was in the thick of writing a new book well you have an excuse that i think next no the week after next is harry potter okay i don't remember what next week is i can look it up all right this week i watched Britney Ever After, the very much unauthorized Britney Spears story. Um, it stars Natasha Bassett as Britney. Um, she's from Hail Caesar, um, Spy Intervention, and a movie called Camp. I've actually seen Camp. It's about musical theater camp, and it is awful. Oh, that sounds like something I need to watch. Oh, yeah. You would enjoy it. Oh, I would. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just think it's also hilarious that you listed, like, Hail Caesar's a big budget release. And I was like, I've seen Camp. They sing Dreamgirls. There's, like, a white girl who sings Dreamgirls in there. Like, Nathan Keyes, who plays Justin Timberlake. Oh, no. Okay. Um, He's from The Kings of Summer, No Ordinary Family, and The Good Doctor, not the show. The original movie? movie called that. Okay. Yeah, but he's not, I don't think he's on the spectrum in the movie. Weird. Okay. It's about a doctor who is Orlando Bloom who gets, like, he tries to stay on a case with, like, a kidney patient. Huh. Nicole Oliver, she plays Lynn Spears. She was in Wonder, but she also does a lot of voiceover work. Okay. Um, she was in Sausage Party, and then she was in. Uh, she's been in like the My Little Pony. Then, movie. do you know who she was in the My Little Pony? You no, don't actually have to look it up, out. but I actually have seen all of. Oh, while you're looking up, did I send y'all the screenshot of the best conversation I've ever been a part of? No. One of my coworkers who's super Pentecostal and super conservative sent us a text that said, so one of my students turned in an assignment that mentioned bronies and furries. So I just looked those up. (laughs) 
and the conversation that ensued for that poor woman and her culture shock. Oh, no. <laughs> she played Princess Celestia? Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Princess Celestia is the queen of all of the... I'm done. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul, and I'm the biggest Britney Spears apologist, and also apparently a brony. <laughs> oh my god, this is the best show ever. <laughs> Clayton James, he plays Kevin Federal. <laughs> He's like a big Hallmark guy. How funny. Is it weird to you? Like, I know that we watch movies all the time based on real people, but they're not people who are in, like, our zeitgeist. But, like, Britney yeah. Spears and Justin Timberlake and Kevin Federline, is it weird to watch people act like them? Yes, but I felt bad, especially for the guy who played Justin Timberlake, because they made him have the ramen hair, like, the whole <laughs> Anyways, so Clayton James, who plays Kevin Federer, <laughs> um, he's in from uh, Wind Calls the Heart, A Christmas Engagement, and The Ruby Herring Mysteries. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He's very good looking, not at all like Kevin Federline. Uh, that was actually my next question. I said what I said. <laughs> um, we open with, this is how good the casting is. We open with... Brittany <laughs> walking down the street while people take photos of her um, with a kicky non-existent pop song playing in the background. They have no rights to her music in this entire movie. Well, I couldn't imagine that they would. It's really bad. Um, she goes to what I believe, like to film what I um, believe is a documentary. Yes, it is shot in a dark dance studio because, you know, aesthetic. The crew starts asking her questions. And I have to say, probably worse in this whole movie is her accent. Yes. Do they give her the worst Louisiana accent known to man? Her accent is terrible now britney spears has an accent right um this was just trying too hard so she's like answering questions and they ask her something about um i don't something and she's like well you better not let my daddy hear us <laughs> she was not ellie may clampett come on lifetime She says she just wants what everyone else wants, love. The documentary host points out that she has millions of fans who, loves her, who love her, as if it's the same as, like, an actual human. She's so her. lucky. She's a star. She's a star. But she but cries. Cries, cries, cries with like, the Brittany literally has a song that covers this, sir. Mm -hmm. Do your research. Ma'am. Ma'am, sorry. <laughs> she wants to be loved for Britney Jean and not Britney Spears. 
<laughs> this could be a seven hour long episode if I keep laughing every time you talk. Oh God. Um, we flash back to when she was still opening shows. Um, the adults tease her about a creepy old man saying what a big fan he is to her. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's not tease her for that. Um, uh, Brittany has a brand new bus. Yay. She squeals over the Furby, which I was like, oh no, get it out. Yeah. (laughs) Pure Satan. Hmm. Um, and the cheese puffs in the bus while her mom reminds her that cheese puffs are really fattening, Brittany. God. And I was like, here comes Debbie Downer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Britt, Britt really wants, or she's really wearing the perfect 90s turtleneck. It was a black turtleneck sweater with like the thin colored stripes. Horizontal? Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She had overalls on over it. Yes! Um, Britt's mom also tells her that she doesn't think oh, what's-his-name out there um, should go around telling everyone that he's her boyfriend. Wow. Um, because, you know... It's just not good for business because she needs to be a good girl and saving herself for marriage and all. Sure, Jan. Uh, Britt's not happy at all, but her mama says in five years she won't remember all what's his name anyway. (sighs) Which is correct because nobody does. Right. (laughs) Um. Britt goes to a wardrobe fitting and her parents start fighting incessantly. So her manager takes her to show her the stage. Um, She talks about how nervous she is. And as if on cue, one of the stage people comes out to say how hard the opening act has it since the crowd is really there to just see the boys. Wow. The manager. Sorry. I remembered I needed to look up this headline because it's worth writing down. Continue. Sorry. The manager and stage person lead to talk about merchandise, and here comes preteen JT. Yes! With his ramen hair. Um, they show him in the shadows, and you only see his ramen hair and his stupid, like, little sunglasses with the blue tent. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's all you see, because that way you can't see how much he doesn't actually look like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> um... They flirt and JT says she's, quote, straight bugging if she thinks that um, she's not going to do well. No. (laughs) Mm. Later before the show, he tells her, he comes up behind her and he's like, don't just break a leg, break everything. And it's a tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Speaking of musical theater camp. Right. (laughs) Um... She goes out on the stage and we hear nothing but her heartbeat. Then we come back to the documentary and she's talking about baby one more time and how sick of talking about that she is. So they steer her back to Justin, Brittany, her parents, her manager, Justin and Brittany's poor boyfriend. That's still there for some reason. Well, yeah. (laughs) Are out eating at a restaurant and dad's car get declined, gets declined. Dad's really drunk. So he obviously makes a scene. 
Um, the manager ends up paying and then makes a toast to Brittany to cover up her dad's major faux pas. Justin grabs her hand under the table and squeezes it. Must After be the dinner. True love. True mm-hmm. love. Oh, God. I was devastated when they broke up. Devastated. After the dinner, she begs her mom to stay, but her mom's like, nope, I got to go. Your sister has school. I have to go back to work. And it's your time to shine. Like, go out there. Do your thing, girl. Um, they hug, and her mom leaves. And now Brittany is giving an interview for the, uh, oh, she's giving an interview, like, for the tour, saying, oh, no, I'm not dating anyone. I'm just focused on my career. Um, she's followed by the media, signs autographs, and, oh, it's the Music Awards. Listen, Lifetime, I would believe you more if you hadn't just cordoned off to a quarter of a block on a soundstage. I can literally see the empty space behind these people. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a crowd of like 50 people and then nothing. Yes. (laughs) Um, Brittany records a shitload of station promos. Um, One day Brit's schedule gets shifted around and she's all grumpy for her handler. But surprise, it's Upshot in sync with a birthday cake. Yes. They film them from the bottom up so you can't (laughs) tell that they don't look like in (laughs) sync. I love this so much. They sing to her really badly for a successful boy band. Um, Later, she hangs out with NSYNC and they drink. The number of times these dudes refer to her as girl is really, really bad. Um, She's standing outside the bus later smoking a cigarette like you do when Justin's ramen hair comes to see what's up. She says she's homesick and he's like, oh my God, he used to get homesick when we were in the Mickey Mouse Club. That's crazy. Um... (laughs) Britt tells Justin about her family struggling to pay bills and she wants to help them. Justin, moved by her charitable heart, I'm sure, kisses her. Then she takes him back to sleep on her bus with her. He tells her he loves her and then they break their chastity pledge. Someone notify the church. Oh no, she's going to burn. Back at the hairdresser, or sorry, back at the documentary filming, Britt's sitting in a chair whining about how hard it is to be herself. Her hairdresser mentions that really the extensions are just too hard to do now since she shaved her head. (laughs) (laughs) Then she says sometimes she wakes up in the morning and thinks that everything that happened last year is all just a dream. But then she realizes it was real and how everything got all smashed up and confusing. She starts to tear up, so the manager steps in to remind everyone that Britney's going to kill at the VMAs. It's all going to be wonderful. It's all they've been working on. Please don't fuck this up, Britney. <laughs> they go back to the first VMAs where she presented with NSYNC. She was already dating Justin, but nobody knew at that point. The documentarian asks why they kept it on the DL if they were in love, and Britney says they were more than in love. He was a part of her. I'm trying to think of another Britney song to sing, but I've gone blank for now. Uh, I don't know. Um, All I really want is to hold you tight. Treat you (laughs) right. Okay, continue. (laughs) Yes, there you go. Um, 
now we're at the VMAs in 2000, and oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible remake of the 2000 VMA performance of I Can't Get No Satisfaction and Oops, I Did It Again. Yes! so bad. Oh my god, I'm so excited. They failed so hard. They didn't even get the outfit right. (laughs) How do you screw up that fucking outfit? It was to die for. Maybe it was copyrighted by the um, designer. Maybe. It was bad. These performances were iconic, and to half-ass recreate them is just really annoying. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Um, After her performance, Justin gives her a promise ring. Aw, remember promise rings? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, And they decide to make their relationship public. And Lifetime, if you can't even recreate the great denim disaster. Yes. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Denim from head to toe and then some. Yes. It was so bad. I remember watching that like, what is happening? <laughs> um, there's a love montage of Brit, Brit, and Justin and how much they love each other. Um, they're hanging out with Jamie Lynn building sandcastles and Britt goes to talk to her mom because her dad is drunk again and talking to the public a little too much about his daughter. Um, they go back to the house and they've been robbed. Justin goes upstairs and then comes back down and says, quote, they stole the tapes. Oh, no. And dad's like, what tapes? Uh Uh-uh. And then he says, quote, Jesus H. Christ, they stole boudoir videos. My little girl was in a boudoir video. (laughs) No. No. Um, I cannot take this seriously. <laughs> so bad. Her parents start fighting and her dad leaves. Everything is terrible. Justin talks her off the ledge and she begs him to never, ever leave her. And he agrees. Back with the documentary team, she's upset about the press and how much they hound her. She talks about Justin and how she says she still thinks nobody knows her like he did. Then we meet her new choreographer, Wade, and he's gross. Great. She's practicing with the snake for the 2002 VMAs. They start talking about her VMA performances and how bomb it's going to be. And let's not forget, it was bomb. That snake. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Justin is jealous of Wade, so he picks a fight um, naturally, but then they make up. Right, now you have to like be territorial. Aud- yeah, totally. Now she's holding auditions for um, her performance. And over the top, they're just playing voicemails from her to Justin and Justin to her um, over like over the top of the audio. Perfect. Cause just to show how busy they are for each other. <clears throat> she goes home and practices in her hall of mirrors. She leaves JT a message before bed, and the next morning he's left her a message with the world's worst rap. I'm so excited. Did you record it? Are you going to perform it for us right now? No, I'm just saying I hope he really didn't talk like that back then. It'll really ruin my uh, 
My I, image. Okay. I saw an interview with, it was him and I think Wayne Brady, back when Wayne Brady had a had his own show. And... Wayne and whoever it was, it was a it was a black TV show host because he was like, "Man, why didn't y'all have a black person in NSYNC? And Justin blushes bright red and he goes, "I thought I was the black one," and it was the funniest moment I have ever seen on television to this day. So, all that to say, Justin did fancy himself a real weird rapper for a while, so it's highly possible that he spoke like that. What a mess. Oh, goodness. Okay. Her assistant takes her to a hotel, and then Justin comes over. Um, They talk to each other like, I assume, young kids who want to pretend to be kinky do. (laughs) Yes. He, like, she opens the door, and he's like, this is a robbery. She's like, oh, my God, are you going to hold me up? And he's like, yes, I am. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) This is a stick in. A, a what? <laughs> oh no. Um You're so welcome. They're in the middle of having sex when she gets called down to makeup. <laughs> uh-uh. Um they go to a club after and Brittany catches Justin speaking to another girl. How dare he? I know. So she totally flips out. They get into a big fight. So she goes back to her hotel room to cry like you do. There's a knock at the door, but it's not Justin. It's Wade. Dun, dun, dun. He tells her how everything's going to be okay. And she's not an idiot. He tells her she's the best girl ever and kisses her forehead. And then they look at each other. But they don't actually show them getting it on. So they just, they just stare. The stare. (laughs) (laughs) It's a callback to an old episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. (laughs) She and Justin are cuddling in her dressing room and he sees a card from Wade that calls Brittany, his girl, Justin totally freaks out um, and they break up. So we're back with the documentary. They ask her if she was scarred by the breakup and that's why she last flashed out. But Britt says her mom is just overdramatic. Um, Cause it was her mom saying she was scarred. Right. After they broke up, she just needed some time to be normal. So she invited a friend to go out one night, a friend from home to go out one night. She just wanted to have fun. So she and her friend sneak out of her mansion and go buy a star map and go to stalk a movie star that they're all very impressed with, but I don't know who it was supposed to be. Okay. Um, when they get back home, her mom is there to visit her and also to finalize her divorce. So Brittany starts to cry and she calls Justin, but he doesn't answer. They go to the club later and run into Justin with a new date. Please tell so me they that what- they hired an actress who looked exactly like Britney Spears for no. the new date. No, but what they did do is what any exes that run into each other at a club have to do. Um, 
Oh god, they had a duel right there in the middle. This town's not big enough off. for the two of us. They had a dance off. Oh, pretty much the same. <laughs> um So a really 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 bad dance off. <laughs> um VMAs 2003, the Madonna, Britney, and Christina show, also iconic. Yep. Um, backstage, they tell her she needs to slow down on the partying, but Britney doesn't appreciate it, so she storms off. It's 2008, and Brit's recording a new version of Walking After Midnight. She laments that she needs a man, and her dad says, She needs a man like I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess he's sober now. <laughs> Back in the past, she wakes up in bed with Jason Alexander the night after they were married in Vegas. Yep. Um, she calls her mom and is like, Mama, guess what? I got married. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Later, they're still in bed and there's a knock on the door. Room service. Except it's Brittany's manager and her mom. <laughs> Um, they start giving her the what for, uh, for eloping. Uh, then they start talking to her. They talk talking about her. Like she's not even in the room, which Great. drives me nuts. Love it. Um, so Brit Brit begins her spiral. She starts drinking a lot. She hooks up with Kevin Federline. Ugh. He almost, he's almost going to ruin a whole white baseball hat thing for me which I have had for a really long time. I knew that. I have a thing for guys in white baseball hats, and he almost ruined it. Very upset right now. Now I'm having flashbacks. I have PTSD from this movie. <laughs> um, anyways, I won't ha let him ruin my obsession with tennis players and golf pros. Um, they're making out like teenagers. Um, her handler looks on and is like, she totally needs a distraction right now. And then Brittany comes over and is like, isn't he so hot? I think I'm in love. And the handler's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Not the distraction I meant. Um, there's a montage of Kevin and Britt. Gross. Um, she sings I Love Rock and Roll, which I think was from Crossroads. I believe so. Yeah. So it wasn't a total waste. Um, Britt asks Kev if he'll marry her. And he's like, girl, I'm a gentleman. I should ask you if you'll marry me. So she says yes. They only knew each other three months at that point, by the way. I know. Oh, I know. I know. Um, the documentarian asks her if it was a mistake to marry Kevin. But she says no, because that's where she got her babies. Um, but she would say they got together way too fast. Um, Britney's parents arrive at what is supposed to be a party, but is actually a secret wedding. Do you remember when celebrities were doing this? Yes, I do. Remember, the whole secret wedding thing? Yeah, remember Beyonce had a trial wedding too? Do you remember that? No. Her and Jay-Z had a trial wedding or like a trial marriage certificate. That expired in 30 days. And then if they still liked each other, they could renew it. They clearly did. <laughs> clearly. Um, also, Brittany's dyed her hair black now. And do not mess with a woman who's drastically changing her hair. Just don't do it. Right? Let her work through her shit and leave her alone. 
So they're at the wedding and Kevin is wearing sneakers. Um, Look, no. I grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, and that was a thing. But it, it's not a thing anymore. So it's canceled. Please tell me we're close to the end of the movie. Oh, honey. Oh, no. Yes, we kind of are. We okay. kind of are. We kind of are. Don't worry. Um, he then takes off her garter with his teeth in front of her parents. Which I've always thought the garter thing was kind of weird. Yeah. It's a little weird, right? Yes. It's like, let's simulate the sex that we're going to have later in front of our parents. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't do that. Um, at the reception, manager, like, slightly comes up to mom and is like, FYI, he has not quite signed the prenup yet. <laughs> mm. True. Mm -hmm. So, Brittany and Kevin move into a house together and start dressing the same. <laughs> Kevin starts to give her shit about her manager and um, the prenup thing and how controlling the manager is. And she's like, I just want us to be a family, finally. Um, uh, I lost my accent. I'll I get it back. The worse it gets, the better it gets. <laughs> so he finally signs the prenup. So Britt marches right into her manager's office and slams it down on the table and says, you're fired, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot mess. <laughs> this is hot bus express for sure um back with the documentary crew she's practicing a new dance and but they want to see womanizer but they can't play womanizer because they don't have the rights to the song they can just they can just like make up some really shitty beat and pretend so britney just says it's not ready yet <laughs> Brit's at home taking care of two babies by herself while Kevin works on his career. And what, I was like, I missed the part where he had a career. Okay, so <laughs> I thought, I was like, look, I'm not good at pop culture, but I didn't remember that being a thing. I thought his career was being married to Britney Spears. Yeah. Um, we see a version of the famous sh uh, sh uh, shot where she almost drops the baby. Um, one night, she goes to a club to surprise Kevin in the club. They get a private table, but Kevin's off chatting with other people, I guess, networking for his busy career. Um, Britt snoops through his phone and finds a message from, quote, Vegas hot towel girl. Thank God that he put it in his phone that way. Can't just say Courtney. Asking him to meet her in her room later. Cool, 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 So Brittany confronts him and then storms out of the club. She rehires her manager who comes over and tells her it's all going to be fine. And if she wants a divorce, he'll get her one. But she has to lay low. And that's exactly what she did. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> Back in the documentary, she and her manager say it's time to face the big old elephant in the room. <laughs> she says... She says, I was supposed to lay low, but I hadn't let loose in such a long time. <laughs> and 
And then over the top, they're just playing buzzing sounds, which is the Clippers. Genius. That is wonderful. <laughs> God, I love that. They ask about her family, and we cut to Britt giving her mom a letter from her lawyer to stay away from Sean and Jaden. Um, which I have never understood this. Like, I call my son by his first and middle name when he's in trouble. Uh-huh. But she's, like, throwing this letter at her mom. She's like, stay away from Sean Preston and Jaden James. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Is that> girl? <laughs> Um, so she's gone a little cray cray. Um, oh, she's also yelling at her mom about them throwing her in the quote unquote nut house. Okay. But this is before she had the 5150 called. So I don't remember another trip before that. Maybe there was one though. They, they did force her into rehab for one day before the 5150. Right, she did go to rehab. Okay. Um, back on the documentary, she says she thought everyone was against her. So, um, she's at a photo shoot now with her new handler, um, telling the makeup artist that her hair is super short because she shaved it all off. <laughs> <laughs> her new handler can't be more than 15 years old. Um, Great. we flashed back to, hmm? Great. Perfect. Yeah. We flash back to Brittany shaving her head and then threatening the press with an umbrella. Except they did it all wrong because it's not dark and raining in this version. It's light outside. Oh, the dark and raining. Like the moody pictures are what make the whole yes. thing. Exactly. So she has the new handler at a photo shoot do her hair and makeup. And she looks terrible. <laughs> <gasps> Is that Kane's? Yes. Um, she's super medicated and talks about how she wants to see her babies. Then she starts eating at the craft services table and wipes her hands on a $10,000 couture gown. Cash. Yeah. Um, so she decides she's not having fun anymore. So she gets in her car and drives off while the paparazzi follow her. Um, we're back at the VMAs backstage again. Justin stops by her room. And she's like, I can't see him. I can't let him see me like this. And, um, (laughs) so her like new handler opens the door and he's like, oh, just tell her I said to break everything. She'll know what it means. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Brittany breaks down (laughs) in tears and kicks everyone out. So she does what I think is supposed to be her Gimme More dance. But again, they don't have any rights to the music. So she sings like something completely random. <laughs> um, back with the documentary, her dad brings her some water and offers to get her some food. He tells her she doesn't have to talk about everything. She doesn't want to. But she says it's fine. He walks off and she says nobody thinks she can take care of herself. She talks about how sad it is that everyone wants to watch her fail, like the media and people like that buy magazines and stuff. Um, anyway, so they show shots of her playing with her boys mixed with shots of her like crying in the driveway and screaming at the press, which is a, it was a really good, like, like dichotomy. Mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. Um, so Brit and her new person, Sam, get into a fight and Britney's parents use it as a chance to come swooping back into her life because Sam doesn't let them talk. Um, 
So they go and Sam is at her house and he's like, you can come in to Lynn, but the, her dad cannot. Okay. So Brittany comes into the room and she's like completely out of it. Um, Lynn shows her pictures of the boys because they have the boys at this point. Um, right. And Sam condescends the hell out of Lynn. Um, Brittany finally looks up and says, Mama, I need a new lipstick. Will you take me to get one? And Lynn is like, yup, let's go. So, <laughs> um, but then Sam decides to go with them. And I'm like, who is this guy? Um, so, yeah, what time period is this? Because this is right before the 5150. And her dad, like, taking conservatorship. Okay. I know she was, like, mixed up in a crowd, and it's probably, like, a ton of people all mixed together, but it it was weird. Yeah, well, just, like, she started dating Sam Askahari in 2016, but that was... No, that was 2016. No, this is before. I was going to say, this is well after the time period you're talking about, so I don't know who this Sam is. No clue. Um... They go outside and Sam hangs all over them while the paparazzi takes photos. Later, Brittany and Sam are fighting again. Um, Britt's dad comes to pick up Lynn and Britt decides she wants to see her dad. She runs outside and hugs him and they both cry. And it was so sad. Um, Sam calls her back inside and her parents just stand there like, what are we going to do now? Like, she's got this person over uh, her. Yeah, Sam uh, Lutfi was uh, a manager. Yes, now I... Cause I, I knew do remember. Because the dad had to take a restraining people, order. But yeah, he took her... We'll get there. Okay. Um, back filming the documentary, Brittany says she doesn't know what to say about what happened. Um, she says it's like a car accident, and... Um, everything kind of runs together. And she was like, she said, it's like a real bad car accident, but I was all the cars. Mm. Um, so we cut to the hospital. Um, Brittany's parents rush in and this is right after the 5150 was called on her. Um, her parents try to kick Sam out. Sam tries to kick her parents out and the doctor comes in and he's like, I'm the captain now. Everybody get out. So, (laughs) um, Brittany, Brittany tells the doctor that nobody listens to her. Everyone speaks for her. She just wants to be somewhere else with her boys. Um, and he's like, well, why don't you stay here for a while and let us help you? You know, and then, you know, that's a good goal to, you know, to work. You know, he's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist, you know. Right. So, so Sam is walking down the street in L.A. or whatever, and some guy, like, bumps into him. So he's surrounded by paparazzi, right, of course. Right. So this guy, like, bumps into his shoulder, and he's like, oh, my God, remember me? I'm Manny. And he was like, no, I don't remember you. And he's like, it's fine. You've been served, bro. And he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he, that's the restraining order. Um, her father applies to be her conservator. She accuses them of wanting her money, but they say no. They just want to help her with the kids and be a family. Britt flashes back through the last however many years, and then she agrees. Back in the documentary, she says some things, sometimes things are great and sometimes they're really, really hard. She says you just have to keep going no matter what. She gets called to the stage for hair and makeup. She uh, So this is, um, this is the VMAs when she was winning for Peace of Me. Okay. So she wins best video, best pop video, and a bunch of other awards. Um, then we cut to Las Vegas in 2015. She comes off stage from her Vegas show, um, 
and talks to one of her dancers who tells her how amazing she is and how much everyone loves her. And then she goes back on for an encore. She voiceovers. She's like walking in slow motion, like in her boots and all the lights and people cheering. And she voiceovers that this whole, this is who she is. And it's all she's ever known. She wants the crowd to be happy because, well, shoot, we all deserve to be happy. No, no. And the ending quote is this. Although based on a true story, some characters are fictionalized composite composites and some have been compressed, reorganized, or fictionalized for purposes of dramatization. The end. I just... I just am so shocked that they would, like, change any characters because... Britney Spears' life was a, or is a circus. Like, they didn't need anything else. God, that was a great album, too. Right? God. All right. So, um, I feel like I looked at hundreds of websites, but, of course, the most um, comprehensive one is Wikipedia. And then um, articles here and there that I didn't grab the titles of. So, thank you to everybody who contributed. I did look a lot at billboard.com and at rolling stone so i'll get into those as well but um so um britney jean spears was born december 2nd 1981 in macomb mississippi um but she was raised in kentwood louisiana and you cannot say kentwood without saying it kentwood so kentwood yeah i know um She uh, has scored six number one albums on the Billboard 200, making her the third best performing female artist on the chart. Five of her singles have reached number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Um, Those were Baby One More Time, Womanizer 3, Hold It Against Me, and S&M. Oops, I Did It Again and Toxic, top charts in several countries. Three in 2009 and Hold It Against Me in 2011. Um, with the release of those two singles, she became the only the second artist after Mariah Carey in the Hot 100's history to debut number one with two or more songs. <sighs> she um, has earned tons of awards and accolades, including an uh, she has a Grammy. She has six MTV Music Video Awards, including the Michael Mm -hmm. Jackson Video Vanguard Award. She has seven Billboard Music Awards. Um, She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and she has seven Guinness World Records. My God. Right? She doesn't have any, like, American Music Awards? No. Well, so she has... In fact, there's a whole separate Wikipedia page that's just the awards of Britney Spears. But um, I am surprised at the awards that she didn't win. She's like nominated for everything, but she doesn't often win. Oh, I know. Um, Well, it's because especially like back then, now pop music is taken a little bit more seriously now, but back then people thought it was all like a joke. Right. And we'll talk about her influence on pop music too, um, (laughs) because she's kind of the reason that it's taken more seriously now. Um, Yeah. So um, Billboard ranked her as the eighth biggest artist of the 2000s. Um, she has sold a hundred million records worldwide, including over 70 million records in the United States. 
She is the, in the United States, she's the fourth best-selling female album artist of the um, 90s. And then she is the best-selling female album artist of the 2000s. Um, and Oh, go ahead. She does all this with a bang and bod. Right. Like, oh, my God. She launched her first perfume brand with Elizabeth Arden in 2004, and sales exceeded $1.5 billion as of 2012. Yeah. She has topped the list of most searched celebrities seven times in 12 years, which is the record since the inception of the internet. So she is always in the zeitgeist, even when she's not like recording and turning out new music. Oh, absolutely. Um, she's always in my heart. Yes, absolutely. Um, like I was, I'm going to take a bath later and I'm already like planning the playlist in my head of what I'm going to play. Right. So as I mentioned, she was born December 2nd, 1981 in Mississippi. Um, she was born like in the buckle of the Bible belt and was raised um, really conservative, Protestant. She was baptized Southern Baptist. She sang in a church choir. Um, and then as an adult- Me too! Are we the same person? Um, yeah. This is, I'm your conservator, and this has really just been therapy for months trying to get you to figure out who you are, Brittany. Amazing. <laughs> You're Brittany, bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Um, oh, so it's like my favorite meme, right? About ghosts. Oh yeah, about ghosts. Like, <laughs> why, why are, are all the ghosts from the 1800s? Like, where is the ghost from 2004 screaming? It's Britney, bitch! Right? I would love that ghost. <laughs> so, at the age of three, she started attending dance lessons in her hometown of Kentwood, um, and she. Uh, <laughs> I laughed really hard because in her Wikipedia, it talks about how she made her stage debut singing What Child Is This at her kindergarten graduation. And don't you graduate in May, not December? <laughs> Who's pulling out What Child Is This for those kids to walk the stage? Can you? Okay, you have to go get your diploma while Britney sings What Child Is This Who Laid to <laughs> I mean... Louisiana is a weird place. Listen, I know. I've been here a long time now. Um, so at the age of eight, Spears and her mother, Lynn, traveled to Atlanta, Georgia to audition for the 90s revival of the Mickey Mouse Club. The casting director said that she was too young, but rejected... Uh, no, he did reject her, but then he introduced her to Nancy Carson, who was a talent agent in New York City. Carson was impressed with her singing ability and suggested that she enroll in the professional performing arts school. So that's what they did. They moved to New York and pursued her career. Um, she was hired for her first professional role as the understudy for the lead role of the off-Broadway musical Ruthless. Um, I love Ruthless. Do you know anything about it? I don't. It's about a girl whose mom will do anything to make sure that she is a star. And like, she kills people who are in the way. And, um, the, yes. she, so yeah. So Britney Spears was the understudy for Laura Bell Bundy, who went on to be Elle Woods in the Legally Blonde musical. I love Laura Bell Bundy. Uh -huh. I love her. Yes. She's so funny. So, um, the, another big name, um, 
like celebrity who got her start in Ruthless the Musical was um, Anna Kendrick. She starred in a revival of it. Oh, I love Anna Kendrick too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh my God. She also, during this time, appeared as a contestant on Star Search. And because of that, yes, I was going to ask you if you were going to cover Star Search. Yeah. So after that, she was cast in a number of commercials. And then because of kind of all of this attention she was getting in December of 1992, when she is almost 11 years old, she was cast in the Mickey Mouse Club alongside, you know, just shitty people. Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, Mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling, and Carrie Russell. Mm -hmm. Like nobody big. Um, Nobody. After the show was canceled in 96. I'm surprised you remember their names. Right? Um. After the show was canceled in 96, she moves back to Mississippi. Um, and Where in Mississippi does she live? Macomb. I don't know. Okay. I don't know where that is. Um, so she made friends there, but like in an interview, she said that the school was, quote, like the opening in Clueless with all the clicks. I was so bored. I was the point point guard on the basketball team. I had my boyfriend. I went to homecoming and Christmas formal, but I wanted more. Can you imagine coming off from four years in the Mickey Mouse Club and like having been on Broadway and all that to have to go to regular high school? I can imagine that that is boring. Yeah, but at that point, you're Britney fucking Spears. Like you can make it whatever you want it to be. But she wasn't Britney fucking Spears then. She was still just Britney Jean. God. <laughs> I want someone to love me for Britney Jane. Not Britney Spears. <laughs> so, um, in June of 1997, she's contacted by a manager, Lou Perlman, and asked to join this female Ew. pop group called Innocence. Um, Lou Perlman is garbage. Yes. So, Lynn asks uh, one of their family friends, who's an entertainment lawyer, Larry Rudolph, for his opinion, and then submitted a tape of Britney singing a Whitney Houston song on a karaoke track with some pictures. And Rudolph basically tells her to hold off on this innocence idea that he wants to pitch her to record labels, but he has to record, has to have her record a professional demo. So he gets the rights to an unused Tony Braxton song and she rehearses it for I'm sorry how does Tony Braxton just have music she doesn't use <laughs> right. Kelly Clarkson does too she sells it usually but oh my lord um so she well Dolly does too so right she rehearses for a week and then goes and records with a sound engineer um and they take this album I mean this uh demo and they fly to New York and meet with executives from four different labels and then get back home that night. So it's like a turnaround kind of situation. Flies up, meets with four people, flies back home. Three of the labels reject her, saying basically that audiences only want groups now, Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. And another group tells her, quote, there wasn't going to be another Madonna, another Debbie Gibson, or another Tiffany. And I challenge you right now to list three songs by Tiffany or Debbie Gibson. I think we're alone now. Uh Uh-huh. That's the only one I can think of for Tiffany. (laughs) Yeah. Debbie Gibson has a new one called Girls Night Out that plays on XM a lot, but that was recorded last year. So I can't tell you anything that either of them have done. Madonna's a different story, but... Also, 
you have to wonder if these people now like sit around and are like, I'm the dumbest person on earth. It's like the, pe- they it's probably the people, the people who rejected Harry Potter. That- yeah. And the people that fired Oprah. Right. Uh, so they probably have some kind of club. So they wait for two weeks to hear from the last label, Jive Records. And Jive finally calls Rudolph and says that um, they listened to her demo several times and that they thought it was very rare to hear someone her age who could be that emotional while also still being that commercial. And Mm -hmm. that um, any artist who has the motivation is extremely important and Britney has the motivation. So... Then Brittany is called back to sing for them and she sings um, Whitney Houston's I Have Nothing and they sign her to the label but they ask her basically to never sing Whitney again because she doesn't have a powerful enough voice. Oh. <laughs> um, so she works with a producer for a month who um, shapes her voice from like lower and less poppy to what we know of as the Britney sound now. Um, she and Britney Spears, in fact, says that she um, envisioned going in that she was going to be singing like Cheryl Crow music for a younger audience, like on the adult contemporary side. She didn't want to necessarily be a pop star, but her label convinces her to go pop. She says, it's because I can dance to it. So it's more me. Um, so she flies up and in a month she records her first full album baby one more time mm-hmm. baby one more time drops january 12th 1999 it debuted at number one in the u.s billboard 200 and was two time certified two times platinum after a month it um the album tops the charts in 15 different countries and sells over 10 million copies in a year so it's to this day, it's still the best-selling album ever by a teenage artist. Uh, yeah, it's a banger. Yeah. Um, so originally Jive Records wanted, um, the music video to baby one more time to be animated, but Britney Spears said, no, she wanted it to look like a Catholic school girl. So actually the Am I making that Britney Spears face that she made on the voice or whatever show she was on. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Animated. Right. So come to find out basically the entirety of the video is just like, it was all her concept. She said, put me in pigtails, put me in this like, sexy Catholic schoolgirl outfit, put me in a room with some hot guys and I'll just dance. I promise it'll work. And, um, guess what? It worked. Um, yeah, no shit. Right. That single sold 500,000 copies on its first day. Okay. First of all, I'm having a flashback to like TRL. Uh huh. It's amazing. Uh And then second of all, how many men in America, on average, do you think have some kind of Catholic schoolgirl fantasy? Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right. So, of course, it worked. Right. Um, Come on now. So, she receives a Grammy nomination for Best... Oh, so with um, Baby One More Time, she receives a Grammy nomination for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Um 
she goes just mega hits around the world. Um, she is the youngest female artist to have a million seller in the UK. Um, you drive me crazy was released as the third single from the album. It was a top 10 hit worldwide. It was such a good album. I'm so excited. I'm in too deep. Oh, crazy. Sorry. As I say, don't sing much more. We'll get sued. Um, so her second album drops May 2000. Uh, and it again makes a splash. And part of this, oops, I did it again, is that they under like the label underwent a lot of scrutiny because they sexified this 16, 17 year old girl. And you mean sexualized yes, instead of sexified? Thank you. I knew there was a word, but I don't think about words these days. So they sexualized this teenage girl. Did and you it, spend like two whole days just writing thousands of words for your book? Yeah, I used them all up. I'm out. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of controversy about her racy outfits, obviously. But then this Oops, I Did It Again goes to be a mega success like they hoped. And it's not just like a song called oops i did it again it's 100 percent intentional like a middle finger to all of the world this album's gonna be amazing too i mean that was the red pleather yes jumpsuit yeah um so as britney is starting to rise to fame like before the album drops, and one of the reasons that this single, uh, the her first single drops so hard, is that she actually did a mall tour. Do you remember when those were a thing? Oh my god. Let's go to the mall today. Yeah, so she did a mall tour uh, with a set that consisted of four songs. It was uh, Baby One More Time, Oops I Did It Again, Drive Me Crazy, and I don't remember what the fourth one was. Um, and then... When those I just have to say, what a terrible idea that was. Uh-huh. You're going to go to every mall in America spending how much on travel to sing four songs. Uh-huh. It's a really bad use of funds. Um, well, or was it because look at who she became. Like, it was a gamble, but look at who she became. Oh, I'm pretty sure she would have been just fine, though. Um, and so then she gets noticed and is asked to open for NSYNC. So all this happens before her first album drops. But it ain't no love, baby. Ba, ba, ba. Okay. Yep. So then because of their performing together, that's when she meets and falls down deeply in love because every 16 year old relationship is deep love with of course. Justin Timberlake. Who was your favorite NSYNC? Lance Bass. He was mine too. Oh. And I was like devastated when I found out he was gay. I was like, Oh, Oh, um, that was really sad. Now, I mean, now I would say Justin, but right. Same now. Um, so I mean, he had that hair for a while, but then, then we, he grew out of it. We all have bad choices every once in a while. Yeah. So it's now, gonna be May. <laughs> in February of 2001, 
Britney Spears signs uh, an $8 million deal with Pepsi. And she releases her third studio album, which is self-titled Britney. Um, While she's on tour, she really gets into the music of Jay-Z and the Neptunes. And she decides it's time to kind of change her musical image. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we get Slave for You. Oh, I love that song. Uh-huh. And it's probably my favorite out of her whole discography. Really? Yeah. Um, and then 2001 was also the year that she danced with the caged tiger and a large albino python, which... While well, she sang Slave for You yep. on a VMA. Yep. Which is just still so iconic. Like, it kids today still is. know it. Well, be, because this recently came back around, right? Do you remember? Uh-huh. So, there's the photos. There's the photos from the tiger handler, of the tiger handler, who's Doc Antle from Tiger King. Yeah. So, it all comes Everything back. comes back to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> um. So to support this new album, this Britney album, that's like I said, a change in pace and a change in music. She tours again. This is the dream within a dream tour. It was critically Mm -hmm. praised for its technical innovations. And, um, it was the one where she had the water screen that came down and they projected things on the water as it poured onto the stage. Mm -hmm. It, It grossed $43.7 million and was the second highest grossing tour of that year it directly followed Cher's farewell to her. And then Cher actually did one more and I went to her last tour, like her last concert of the new tour. I mean, two like major icons right right there. Um, So in 2000, now they need to perform together and make all my dreams come true. In 2002, Brittany opens a restaurant in New York city, but that, oh, it, yeah, I forgot she, about that. Yeah, but she terminates her relationship in November. So it's only from June to November. Um, and so then she announces that she's taking a six-month break from her career. Um, but then she was seen back in the studio pretty soon after that. And um, a month after she's seen in the studio, her relationship with Justin Timberlake ends. So Justin Timberlake releases his breakup song, Cry Me a River. Ugh. In which, do you remember that music video where he had the Britney lookalike? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. That was like major shade back then. Yeah. So then in response, she wrote Every Time. And so uh, that year, Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit said that he was in a relationship with Britney Spears, but she denied it heavily. So in an interview in 2009, when somebody was like, dude, can you just like be real with us now? And he was like, I guess it was just taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a girl like her. No, no. Don't try. No. Um, Look, we all go through a bad boy phase. Trust me. If she wanted people, if she was dating you and she wanted people to know it, we'd all know it. Right. So, um, in 2003, she opens the MTV Music Awards with Christina Aguilera performing Like a Virgin. When out comes Madonna and the kiss that was heard around the world happens. Do you remember watching this? Yes. 
I do too. Yes. So, um, I, oh my God. Okay. It has still been touted as the number one opening moment in the history of the MTV video music awards. Yeah. Um, and it always will be. Yeah. So, I don't think you can top that, especially now that music videos are not as prevalent as they were back then. Right. Um, well, and so then two months later, she releases that album in the zone. And so all the hype and press that she was getting for this kiss certainly did not hurt her record sales. No. <laughs> in the zone sold 609,000 copies in the first week, just in the U S um, it has since sold over 10 million copies worldwide. So it sold as much as her debut album. Um, that album produced four singles, um, me against the music every time Mm. outrageous. And of course my personal favorite toxic. Oh, toxic. Mm -hmm. Outrageous. So I did. Oh, I love all her music. I can't choose. So two months after this album comes out, she goes to Vegas, gets real drunk, marries her childhood best friend, and they get it annulled 55 hours later. We've all been there. Like you do. We've all been there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she starts a new tour in March of 2004, the Onyx Hotel tour. But in June of that year, she um, falls while recording a music video and has to have knee surgery and cancels the rest of the tour. Oh. Um, so... Is she with that gross man yet? In July of 2004, she becomes engaged with gross man himself, whom she'd only met three months before. Straight up. What I was doing in July 2004 was giving birth. (laughs) So you probably did feel a really emotional attachment to this whole thing. Like Brittany had let you down. Mm-hmm. Brittany did let me down. Because as I recall, it's you okay. were on like pretty because severe bed rest, so you didn't have much to do at the time. I did not, indeed. And then, but we had our like rise and fall together. Oh, good. Like we went, we went through. Like I also went through 2007 in kind of the same way she did, just without shaving my head. So I feel her. Right. I feel her on a spiritual level. Well, I and get it. So. Not only was she receiving a lot of attention because she'd only known him for three months at the time of their engagement, but also he had a, well, he was in a relationship with Char Jackson and she was still pregnant (gasps) with his child. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's the fucking worst. Yep. (laughs) So, um, they had their reality show. Do you remember this? Brittany and Kevin chaotic. I do. They had their ceremony, their wedding ceremony, September 18th, 2004, but they were not legally married for another three weeks because he wouldn't sign the prenup. Um, shortly after that, she released her first perfume, which was curious. And I have to say her perfumes have always had the best ads. Her perfumes do have good ads. I can't remember if I liked the way it smelled though. I don't think I liked that one, but I have liked some of them because she's got several. Yeah, I think there's one that I like, but I don't think it's curious. Um, So in 2004, she releases her first compilation album, which was uh, Greatest Hits, My Prerogative. 
my prerogative. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. So she, um, and then it happens. 2006, we start to see the spiral. You forgot her babies. She had babies. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Two of them. She had two. Well, I'm about to talk about Sean one. Preston and Jaden James. Yes. So her song in 2005, Someday I Will Understand, uh, was dedicated to her first son who was born the following month. So she released that in August. He was born in September of 2005. Her kids are so freaking cute. They are. Well, so in February of 2006, pictures are pictures surface of her driving with Sean, her son, in her lap instead of in a car seat. Mm-hmm. Um, she claims that she kind of got into a frightening encounter with paparazzi, which I don't doubt. No, I don't either. Um, but, and that it was a mistake on her part. She owns it. Like she owns that She made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I remember everyone freaking the fuck out about this. So, yeah. So at this point she had been studying Kabbalah. But by June of 2006, she explains that she no longer studies Kabbalah because, quote, my baby is my religion. Uh, Does anyone study Kabbalah anymore? (laughs) No idea. I don't think so. So, But I do want to go get a red piece of yarn now for some reason. So in September of 2006, a year and a month after giving birth to her first son, she gives birth to her second son. In November of 2006, she files for divorce from Kevin Federline. Um, Thank their, God. Their divorce was finalized in, two, in July of 2007. Um, be, and it took them a while because they had to figure out custody arrangements. Yeah. So. He was a horrible human being and you cannot convince me otherwise. Yep. So then um, January of 2007, just just a few months after she um, files for divorce, her aunt who she was very close to dies of ovarian cancer. And the next month she goes to a drug rehab facility in Antigua for less than a day. The following night she shaves her head with the electric clippers. I would love to go to Antigua, probably not to rehab, but just to go. And then she admitted herself to several different treatment facilities during the following weeks. Yeah. Um, in October of 2007, she loses physical custody of her children to Federline. Um, the court never rules why. I mean, the court ruling never is revealed to the public. They never like say why. Um, yeah. And then on the heels of this, she's also sued by Louis Vuitton over her do something something um music video where she upholsters her hummer interior with fake louis vuitton cherry blossom fabric and so that video actually has been banned from european tv stations really yep look don't fuck with louis right um so in october of 2007 she releases blackout um blackout was one of her least successful albums um, but it's it, a really good one though uh-huh. it really like give me more is a banger and then the piece of me also came from that one piece of me is also um, really good 
they're both I like both of those songs. Yes. I know it was it was kind of a flop album for her, but it was I I liked it. So. Right. Well, and then her third single was Break the Ice. And mm-hmm. so in the the problem with all of this really is that she's battling so many things. She's trying to get custody back. She's trying to hang on to her mental health at all costs. You know, like she just doesn't have time to promote her album. And And the, the and the thing is too, she's trying I think if she had maybe taken a step back and not recorded that album, like right. while all this was going on, but she was trying at all costs to keep her career. Right. And she had people around her telling her, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Right. Well then on, in December of 2007, um, she starts this weird relationship with a paparazzo that goes nowhere, but it's one of those big signs of the spiral that she falls into because the following month, January, 2008, um, she refuses to relinquish her children back to Kevin Federline's representatives. Oh my God. I forgot about that too. So police come to her house, find that she is under the influence of an unknown substance and they, uh, take her to Cedar Sinai Medical Center. The following day, her visitation rights were suspended at an emergency court hearing, and Kevin and F- Kevin Federline was given sole physical and legal custody of the children. So then she is committed to this. Uh-huh. Sorry, can you back up? Because I hit a button on my earphones. I couldn't hear you. Yeah. Um, the visitation was suspended. Sorry. Okay. So visitation rights are suspended, and then... Kevin is given full physical and legal custody of the children. She's committed to a psychiatric ward of the UCLA Medical Center, and she's put on the 5150 psychiatric hold. Yes. Um, The court places her under temporary and then later permanent conservatorship with uh, James Spears and Andrew Wallet being the, um, having complete control of her assets. She's released Mm -hmm. from the 5150, like from the psychiatric unit five days later. Yeah. So the following month, she guest stars on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. And it was the highest rated episode of the entire show. That episode was so good. She's actually in, no, she's in one, but then she comes back, but you don't see her. You don't see her face. Right. Oh, I did skip over. Oh, no, she's in two. I did skip over, um, I meant to hit this earlier, her movie Crossroads that happened in 2002. So it was largely panned, but critics praised her acting. Like they were surprised that she was as good an actress as she is. Um, Mm -hmm. It was filmed on a $12 million budget and it grossed over $61 million worldwide. (laughs) So that's kind of when the world realized that Britney has some acting chops. (laughs) Okay, and so then she's on, because we're going to see that she starts kind of appearing in several TV shows, and every time she appears on a show, it's the highest rated episode they've ever had. Her arc on How I Met Your Mother was hysterical. It was so funny. She was really good. Uh Uh-huh. So the following month, oh yeah, so she uh, guest starred on episode 10 Sessions as Abby. um, Mm Mm-hmm. In July of 2008, she regains some visitation rights with her children. Um, and then in September of 2008, she opens the MTV Video Music Awards 
with a comedy sketch with Jonah Hill. And oh, at, I miss that. Oh yeah. And at this particular VMAs, she wins best female video, best pop video and video of the year for piece of me. Mm-hmm. Yep. She also does that, uh, documentary Brittany for the record. That, yeah. um, I think that's what this was. Maybe based on I kind so of, too. it was broadcast yeah. on MTV. Um, and to 5.6 million viewers for the two airing nights. Um, so then December of 2008, Circus comes out. And, oh, uh-huh. Circus is my favorite album of hers. It's so fucking good. Uh huh. It was also such a good tour. Um, so she, um, Debuts at number one again in Canada, the Czech Republic, and the United States. Um, And she's within the top ten in many European nations. Um, In the United States, she becomes the youngest female artist to have five albums debut at number one, which earned her a Guinness World Record. Um, She also became the first act in the Nielsen Sound Scan era era rather to have four albums with 500,000 or more copies sold. Um, Mm -hmm. This album was the fastest selling album of the year and it sold 4 million copies worldwide. Womanizer came from this album. It became her first number one in the billboard hot 100 since baby one more time. Mm -hmm. And also for you kids who don't know what an album is back in the olden days, we had to buy the whole thing. (laughs) <laughs> which is why I can tell you the whole album still slaps. It's so good. <laughs> so it's also during this time that they get rid of her former manager, Sam Lutfi. Um, Brittany and her father get a restraining order against him. Um, and they also get a strain, a restraining order over Adnan Galib. That was the paparazzo that she was dating, that she dated briefly mm. and an attorney all of whom documents claim had been conspiring to gain control of her affairs. So they've all been working to get dad out of the picture so they could be a conservator. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so then Britney Spears embarks on her, the circus starring Britney Spears tour in March, 2009. It grosses $131.8 million and is the fifth highest grossing tour of the year. Um, I mentioned how much I love Britney Spears in this episode yet. Right. September of 2010, <sighs> she makes her cameo appearance on Glee. The highest rating oh, Glee has ever Glee. had. Yeah, on the Britney Britney episode. I loved that yes. one. Yes. Oh, that was a great episode too when they're uh-huh. all be like when they're all being put under by the dentist. Uh-huh. That was John Samuels, right? I yes. Right? Oh, yeah. that's such a good episode. And okay. uh, Brittany realizes that she's Brittany S. Pierce. So she's Brittany Spears. Yes, Brittany Spears. <laughs> um, so March of 2011, she releases Film Fatale, another one that uh, was kind of a sleeper. Yeah. But um, it peaks at number one. It's peak in the United States ties Brittany with Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson for the third most number ones among women. Hey. Hold It Against Me comes from this album. Mm. And it's 
her fourth number one single and it's also the second consecutive single because the last one was piece of me that um releases at number one and puts her with mariah carey as the only two artists who've had back-to-back singles premiere at number one so what's your favorite mariah carey song oh god um oh man now that you've asked i can't even think of a single mariah carey song except for the one she did with boys to men which i really loved but um god what was the one that she did at live at the apollo where she broke the record for the highest note ever sang i don't know what song that was so i have two favorites one that's like a slower song and then one that's like a dancing song so always be my baby i love always be my Come baby on now and then touch my body yes okay really fucking good mm-hmm. um, that was my ringtone for a while we still had ringtones on our phones yes <laughs> let's see if i can find this single that i just um dead air uh, i'm so good at dead air um you're fine no i'm just like thinking about how i'm about to jam out in the bathtub be super fun right also Brittany, call me i want to do brunch i promise i'll put on clothes emotions probably emotions was <gasps> oh it. yeah mm-hmm. early mariah um mm-hmm. so one sweet day that's the one she did with uh boys to men yes um so till the world ends comes from this album as well which i mm-hmm. think was on every bravo um Oh, yeah. Cut every one that year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so she, 2011, she joins, or she embarks on her film Fatale tour. Um, she grosses, the first 10 dates grossed $6.2 million. Come on. Uh-huh. Um, she winds up doing 79 performances on this tour. She also receives the like coveted Michael Jackson video Vanguard award um that year and then um she is engaged to her she gets engaged to her um boyfriend Jason Trawick mm-hmm. who had been her agent that's what I was trying to get at yes and so mm-hmm. she he um brightside when they um become engaged or like when their relationship starts to get serious he does step back from being her agent so it's not quite as weird weird Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so he is added as co-conservator of her estate but uh when they break up in 2013 her dad goes back to being sole conservator which like what a weird thing Uh uh-huh and we're going to talk about the conservatorship because I'm trying to speed through the rest of her life. She's just done so much. Like I've cut out. This is just going to be a long episode. Deal with it. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want you to skip anything. Don't Um, tell me everything. So in May of 2012, she was hired to replace Nicole Scherzinger on Scherzinger. How do you say her name? Thank you. Scherzinger. Scherzinger. Thank you. (laughs) I was like the, you know, the, the buttons girl, the pussycat doll. (laughs) But, um, she replaces, Nicole on um, the X Factor on the second season. Um, That's the one where she makes this the face. face. Yes. 
She, and that was the weird one. That was her and Simon L.A. Reed and Demi Lovato was replacing Paula Abdul. Oh. Yeah, it was a weird. And that was the season that Demi Lovato told the guy, like, look, this isn't for everybody. Lots of people work. And he was like, I didn't use autotune, ma'am. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I kind of want to tell the also, guy, like, like. I love how it comes back to Paula Abdul, who is like the queen hot mess express and also in Lifetime movies. Right. Um, <laughs> so. Brittany earns $15 million for this judging spot. It's the highest paid judge on a singing competition in history until Katy Perry joins uh, American Revi- American Idol on Fox's revival. Um, or ABC's revival of Fox's American ABC's Idol. ABC's revival. Yeah. So she and gets $25 million. Sucks. I watch it every week. It's the only like thing it. I watch. I don't like it. Um, so- I can't take, like, I can't take luke bryan like seriously as he critiques another singer i just can't do it (laughs) now not that he's a bad singer because he's not but i'm like you need to stay in your lane sir right you sing country girl shake it for me and that's it right um (laughs) so she's replaced by kelly Rowland. um in december of in december of that year forbes magazine names her music's top earning woman of 2012 with an estimated earnings that year of $58 million. You know, I don't just chump change for us. Absolutely. So 2013, she starts working on her eighth studio album, Britney Jean. Um, sure. She hires Will I Am as the executive producer. Look, that's a smooth move, my friend. Yep. Um, she goes on Good Morning America in September to announce her residency, her two-year residency at Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. Oh, I wanted to see it so bad. Well, she's... I don't know if she'll be going back after coronavirus just because of everything that's happening at home, but we'll talk about her. I want to go see it if she, like, her new one. If, if she comes she's back, go, we'll go together. Goes, perfect. Meet up. Yes. Meet up at the Spears concert. Um... So Just Brittany, we love work bitch comes from Brittany Jean on uh, September 16th. Work bitch. Yep. Um, it was actually released a day earlier than expected. Cause it was leaked online. Um, her second oh. single perfume premieres November, 2013. Um, she's a featured guest on Miley Cyrus's track SMS bangers. Mm-hmm. She won um, favorite pop artist at the People's Choice Awards. So this is 2014 now. 13 years after she has premiered, she's still winning favorite pop artist awards. Yeah. Baby One More Time came out in... 2001. That late? Sorry, 98. Okay, I was going to say, I thought I was in high school. I definitely I was wasn't thinking, in college. I was thinking the crossroads date. Um, yeah, 98. So, 98. so now she is 15 years, 16 years after that, still winning all these awards. Um, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> while she is at, um, while she's doing her... Um, what's it called the residency at in Las Vegas. She actually breathes new life into Las Vegas and 
she um, is known for taking Las Vegas from being this kind of stale place for like older people to mm-hmm. making it this. Uh, let's see. I have a quote that I'm trying to pull up from my notes. Um, it was like young and thriving all of a sudden. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's true, but I was trying to find that quote. I'll find it when I switch notes in a second. But, um, so she announces that she's extending the, uh, residency. She does this, uh, single with Iggy Azalea, pretty girls. And that's the last time anyone ever heard of Iggy Azalea ever again. (laughs) Rest in peace, Iggy Mm -hmm. Azalea's career. Yeah. Um, look, Fancy was a banger too, but also bye. She guest stars um, in 2015 on Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. And highest, she, highest rated of yeah, all time? Yeah, always. I mean, just just walking on it anywhere makes it the best ever. Um, yeah. So, it's like now with George Clooney, like when he like comes on a show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So she releases her ninth studio album, Glory, on August 26, 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, She appears on the cover of Marie Claire that year. She reveals that she's suffered from crippling anxiety in the past and that motherhood played a major role in helping her overcome it. Um, She... Let's see... Her manager announces in 2017 that um, the residency would not be extended following her contract with Caesars in 2017. On April 29, 2017, she becomes the first recipient of the Icon Award at the Radio Disney Music Awards. Um, She attends the grand opening of the Nevada Childhood Cancer Foundation Britney Spears Campus in Las Vegas. Aww. Yeah, she opens a child's cancer her. hospital. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So um, she <laughs> later that month, Forbes announced that Spears was the eighth highest earning female musician in 2017, sharing $34 million. Um, she performed the final. What I could do with $34 million. Right. On December 31st, 2017, she performs her final show of Britney, Peace of Me. Um, that's the current residency that she was in at Caesars. Mm-hmm. Um, the final performance brought $1.172 million, setting a new box office record for a single show in Las Vegas. The person who held that record before her was J-Lo. Okay, first of all, how is she not selling out every single night? Right. So... Um, in January 2018, she releases her 24th perfume. So we've come a long way. We have come a long way. Um, she announces her Peace of Me tour that took place in July of 2018. Tickets were sold out within minutes, basically the entire tour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not bitter. It's fine. Right. Um on October 18th, 2018, she announces a second Las Vegas residency. This one's Brittany Domination um, that comes to Park MGM's Park Theater on February 13th, 2019. She was slated to make $507,000 per show, 
which would have made her the highest paid act on the Las Vegas strip. However, um, she announced January 4th of 2019, she announced that the residency was canceled after her father had a near fatal colon rupture. Her her team also announced that Spears would go on an indefinite work hiatus, putting all activities and commitments on hold so she can spend time with her family. Um, In March of 2019, Andrew Wallet, who was the attorney that was her co-conservator, resigns and said, quote, substantial detriment, irreparable harm, and immediate danger will result to the conservatee and her state if the relief requested herein is not granted on an ex parte basis. Um, so she has to go into a psychiatric facility, um, and kind of be monitored amidst her dad's illness. Um, Mm -hmm. the podcast, Brittany's Graham alleges, according to information from an anonymous paralegal source that Spears had been held against her will at the facility since January of 2019. They claimed the hospitalization and domination canceled were ordered by Spears's father after she decided not to take her medication and violated rules in her conservatorship. Specifically, she was caught driving. Um, Brittany's Graham and several news outlets. What is this, Saudi Arabia? Right. Brittany's Graham and several news outlets questioned the length of the conservatorship as it was supposed to end after the circus tour in 2009. And this is what yeah. gave birth to the now hashtag free Brittany movement. Mm-hmm. which saw the support of several celebrities such as Miley Cyrus, Paris Hilton, Cher, Jeffree Star, Dave Chappelle, uh, Shane Dawson, Mario Lopez, Sharon Osbourne, um, Rose McGowan. So like, you know, just some like C-listers. Yeah. Well, and I think the whole point of a conservatorship is to be temporary. Right. Um, you're not supposed to be under a conservatorship for your entire life unless you have like major, major mental deficiencies, which she doesn't seem to have. Right. Now, I don't know. I'm not her doctor, but. I'm so we're going to talk about that in just a second, too, because I'm almost at the end of like her timeline. And then there are just a few things uh-huh. I want to hit. So following the podcast, there was this social media backlash at the alleged abuse of power and violation to human rights that Spears has endured under her conservatorship and mm-hmm. uh, about the amount of, about the mismanagement of Lou Taylor, who was responsible for initiating the conservatorship. TMZ posts several conflicting stories and um, in a video that although Spears had been formally diagnosed with by, had not been formally diagnosed with bipolar, she's receiving medication for it. But then uh, TMZ deletes this video. So okay. um, and on April 22nd, 2019, her fans hold a protest outside West Hollywood City Hall, drawing attention towards the prolonged conservatorship, suggesting that she was being detained against her will. She posts a video on April 24th assuring fans that everything is well and also addressed leaked emails about Lou Taylor claiming they're written by her ex-manager, Sam Lutfi, you know, the man that she'd put a Mm -hmm. restraining order against. Um, Right. She is then suddenly allowed to leave the facility that she's being held in. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was reported April 24th, 2019, that she would have a new conservatorship hearing on May 10th, 2019. 
She attends the hearing with her mother. Following the hearing, an investigation is ordered into her conservatorship. Okay. Um, so on September 3rd, 2019, um, Spears father, you know, her conservator, um, abuses her 13 year old son, Sean Preston. Um, law enforcement spoke about the incident stating that Kevin Federline filed a police report on August 25th. It was later reported that Jamie Spears was so enraged during a verbal, uh, altercation with his 13 year old grandson that he broke down a door to get to the young boy. And what the fuck? So he's now being um, investigated for child abuse. Um, Brittany spends since uh, so because of that she sends her sons back to Kevin Federline's home, even though it was during her custodial visit time, because she just wants them away mm-hmm. from all the mess. Um, of course, and which so is how you know she's a good mom. They have been granted a three-year restraining order against their grandfather. Um. So this conservatorship, the hearing was like the investigation just ended. They did an almost year long Mm -hmm. investigation. Um, And the psychiatrist who was evaluating her mental status mysteriously died Mm -hmm. three days before he was supposed to give testimony. Weird. Uh Uh-huh. And then um, her hearing was supposed to be like two weeks ago. Except the whole world is shut down. So they've indefinitely extended her conservatorship. Instead of saying like, hey, everything sucks right now. Let's just see what happens. And unfortunately, one of the things they cite as part of the extension of the conservatorship is that burnt down instant video, Instagram video I told you about earlier. Um, They were like, well, she's crazy enough to burn her house down. But anybody could have an accident with candles. Like if I'm being honest. Yeah, that is wild. So a little bit about her influence. Um, In 2016, there was an article written that said, this year alone, Anne-Marie's 2002, Lauren Elena's Ladies in the 90s, and Charlie XCX's 1999 have quoted Hit Me Baby Mm -hmm. One More Time. None of them sound like Baby One More Time, which has become too iconic to imitate directly, but modern pop pop artists and fans alike aspire to its essence, emotional catharsis you can dance to. Britney informs yep. Robin's Dancing on My Own, Drake's Take Care, and every post-2015 single by the weekend. And if they hadn't grown up with Britney, Lord Lana Del Rey, oh. and Sky Fer- uh, I don't know, Sky Ferreria? Ferreira? Sky Ferriera, I had to sound that out. I might, don't know. I just want to tell you how much I love The Weeknd. Right. Might well be cold singer songwriters and not pop stars. Millennial pop is darker, weirder, and catchier because of Britney's influence. And yep. so there are several articles that talk about how Baby One More Time hit the scene and um, changed the flow of pop music. It set... Oh, 100%. It changed like the bubble gum that was up before that to this kind of dark, really feeling emotions and how Baby One More Time didn't focus on the like love that I have for you, but like the mm-hmm. the strangeness of the relationship and like the the admission that like this is wrong, but I'm going to keep going that Britney Mm -hmm. Spears was kind of the first person to bring that into the pop norm. 
Well, you have Baby One More Time. And then straight after was Genie in a Bottle. Uh-huh. So Genie in a Bottle. Then straight after was Candy by Mandy Moore. Uh-huh. And then Jessica Simpson. Uh-huh. So you all... had these women like all come in like all together. So the women you just listed were all basically released to compete with Britney Spears. Yes. Spears mm-hmm. set a standard and then they sexualized Gina in a bottle and they sexualized Jessica Simpson. Mandy Moore refused to be sexualized, which is why her career is not nearly as prolific. Um, because she wasn't not willing, on the music side, not on the music side. She was not willing to play the labels game is what I'm getting at. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. she found a world in Hollywood where she's a Disney princess making more bank than we'll ever see. Oh, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so all of I them really were released in But Candy reaction. really is also one of my favorite songs. Oh, yeah. I, I love, love her music. Candy. Oh, she, my God. If you are looking for a good video, you should also look at Mandy Moore's cover of Umbrella by Rihanna. <gasps> oh, I So will. good. She slows it down into a ballad. It's beautiful. That is amazing. So the last thing I want to hit on before I'm done is this article that ran on entrepreneur.com in January of 2008 called The Britney Economy. Okay. And it says, to the casual tabloid reader, Britney Spears' life looks like a train wreck. To the Britney industrial complex, comprising everyone from paparazzi to perfume vendors, she is a gold mine. Recent court mm-hmm. documents suggest that she's amassed $125 million and continues to rake in about $737,000 a month or nearly $9,000 a year. Then they broke... Wow. They break down just what she's worth, like two people. And if you add up the money that she has brought in for everybody together, her worth alone is upwards of $120 million in January of 2008. So I just want to reiterate, Brittany, please call us. Right? Come on the show. Yeah. It'll be fun. And they, I mean, they break it down. But, um, and then... On, oh, here it is. Uh, Moreover, she started a Vegas residency that brought so much money to Vegas that it rebranded the city as young and hip. Not only a place for retired stars. And because of her, Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars both were in talks to start their own residency. Neither of those went through, but they would have never considered it with it had it not been for Britney's success. I thought Gaga had Gaga did. You're right. It was very short. Yeah, it was, it was like a 30 a, day. It was not a residency in the way okay. that yeah. shares or Celine Dion's or anybody's mm-hmm. were. Right. But she did have one. She did. You're right. And that is the story of my hero, my second hero, because we've already addressed our first hero for the day, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Uh, that was so much fun. It was. And I can't wait to get back to that a murder so next fun. week. Yeah, what are we going to watch next week? Speaking of murder. Mm. Um, I don't know. Let's. So I really want to do um, who was Clark Rockefeller, but we have covered Rob Lowe so many times. I don't care. I would love to do that Wait, one if you're down. Hold on. Okay. Let me see. I don't, I don't know if that's Rob Lowe. We shall see. On Babysitter's Club Club podcast, they sing a specific song when each of them Googles. 
And I feel like we need something. We do. Um, it's Eric McCormack. It's not. Oh, it's Eric McCormack. Okay. Well then, definitely, let's do that. Let's do it. I am excited to talk about that one. I that story is bonkers. Yes, it is. Totally nuts. All right. Yay. Oh, oh! Well, I have a lifetime movie of the week. Yes, tell me. I read a headline about a guy who has been spending oh, quarantine boy. on a private island in Disney World. And I just want this lifetime survival film of this guy on this secret island, like castaway style. And then he gets arrested because it's the middle of Disney World. Because he definitely right, just like- broke and entered. How? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I swear I didn't know it was private property. And there's like no trespassing signs every four feet. Like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Trespassing signs. <laughs> nope. Tra- <laughs> okay. I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, where can the people find us? Um, we can be found on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod, on mm-hmm. Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, mm-hmm. at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. You can mm-hmm. shoot us an email at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Like our hero Brianna did. Absolutely. Um, you can find us on, uh, at our website at, did I say that one already? Lifetime Sentence.com. No. And then, no. uh, of course, join our Patreon family at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. It's so fun. Well. And also, if you're part of our Patreon family, please tell me what you want me to do next. Because if not, I'm just going to let Paul take over. Oh, God. I've never had this much power <laughs> before. Well, without further ado, I know you have all been waiting for this simple instruction. Please don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.